Here we are, listeners, on the cusp of a rebirth. COVID cases are dropping, vaccines are getting out, and depending on where you live, life is kind of sort of getting back to normal. I mean, the pug just reopened in Washington. I mean, that is awesome. That means live music at the pie shop down the street isn't too far behind. So yeah, you know, things are getting close to normal. So it's appropriate then that my next guest on four songs is going through a bit of a rebirth of his own. Matt Easton, lead singer, songwriter of the California Bay Area-based synth-pop post-punk band, The Jenny Thing, joins me to discuss his band's latest album, American Canyon. American Canyon is the band's first since 1999, which, if you do the math, was more than 20 years ago. Now, after the last year and a half we've all been through, 20 years ago may as well have been two centuries ago. Not only has the music industry been completely turned on its head, but so has our world. Although most of American Canyon was written pre-pandemic, in many ways, it is the perfect response to everything we've been through the last few years. The album focuses on war, devastation, but most importantly, it leaves us with a hopeful image. Despite all we've been through, despite every shattered norm, hope will always win in the end. But before we get there, a bit of history. The Jenny Thing first came to me in 1991, when Matt joined forces with his college buddies, guitarist Sham Rao and drummer Mike Phillips. The band's first official release, Me, in 1993, became the best-selling indie record at an area record store. From there, the band started selling out clubs in the Berkeley area before becoming regulars on the West Coast College Tour circuit. The band came close to making it big, but called it quits in 1999 with their last album called Nowhere Near You, which was considered their swan song. Musically, the journey thing was ahead of its time, somehow mixing 80s sounds like synth, driving bass, and lush orchestration with the sparse textural feel of 90s legends like Nine Inch Nails and Radiohead. Perhaps the messes weren't ready for that blend in the 90s, but today, I think we can handle it. You'll hear a bit of Erasure, Public Image Limited, New Order, Nine Inch Nails, Depeche Mode, sometimes all in the same song. I spoke with Matt via Zoom from his California home. We talked about four songs from American Canyon, Paper Angel, American Canyon, Lightfield, and Waiting for the Knife. We talked about how the songs came to be, how they were recorded during the pandemic, and just how important space and texture are to music. And just a quick side note, when we recorded this interview, American Canyon was slated for a mid-May 2021 release. It turns out that it got pushed back by a few weeks after we spoke, so don't get confused if you hear me talking about May 2021 a few times. Anyway, my name is Rob Thormeyer, and please welcome Matt Eason of The Jenny Thing to Four Songs. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining me for Four Songs. Great to have you on. Thanks, Rob. Nice to meet you and get to see you here. Yeah, cool. So the first question I've been asking everyone, so I started this podcast almost exactly a year ago, and during the pandemic was just getting started, and I've always been a big fan of songwriting and songwriters, but this first question is, how have you been doing the last year and few months now? Yeah, doing okay. I feel like uh, for me and my family, it's been course i think mentally draining and a lot of change and of course now we have great signs of hope and i think also uh, another time of change that we'll go through again so yeah i mean stressful and also we've been fortunate so you know life's pretty good and uh, yeah how about you how have you how have you done yeah i think much the same it's it's you know we're we're vaccinated and hopefully we can start seeing people and going to shows again and hopefully you all can get out on the road. <laughs> yeah. Has this affected your writing? I mean, that's one of the questions I was curious about what not being able to actually have a normal existence. I mean, I, I figure much of the American Canyon was probably written 
pre-pandemic, but. Yeah, the way the album worked as far as, you know, building the album, the most active work on it was in 2018 and in 2020. So that did run into COVID. So I, I cut most of the final vocals during COVID and wrote one complete song, Waiting for the Knife was written completely in October, 2020. Overall, the drive to make the album, I think only felt stronger with COVID. And I think it is because, you know, we, we don't think people are paying attention to us so much as we want to make something for anybody and everybody. So I think just the idea of making, making the thing and putting it out there was just increasingly attractive during COVID. Well, let's get to the music. So American Canyon, which is coming, will, will be, have, will have come out by the time this interview comes out. So the name of the album, I love it. And I, I think it fits so well. It does, there is such a textural feel to a lot of these songs. And we'll be talking about four in particular, Paper Angel, American Canyon, Lightfield, and Waiting for the Knife. And, you know, the name, we were talking earlier about how it kind of came together. You were settling on different names. I mean, was, was there a certain, how did you set that tone for the album as a whole? Because you were talking earlier about how recording was done mainly in 2018 and finished up this past year. And it must've been difficult the last several months of that, trying to set a tone in quarantine, but how did that all come together for you? Yeah, well, it, you know, it was the song American Canyon itself that, and it was probably written in the middle of the, of the chronology of, of how, we, how we wrote the record. Um, there are one or two songs that are, that either, you know, Sham and I collaborated on many, many years ago, that would be Paper Angel. We'll, we'll get to that. And then, and then there were things that were written as, as recently as Knife, which was in, in October, 2020. And then, you know, everything in between, but it was American Canyon, uh, probably in that 2018 timeframe where we sort of looked at each, at each other and thought, all right, this, this has like an attitude and a spirit to it and even like a meaning to it that feels mysterious and the, and the track is working. I mean, we, we got something that sounded kind of 90% like that in about half an hour, one afternoon. Wow. Um, and actually on that day, Sean had driven down through American Canyon, which is a real place. There's not much there, but there's a place called American Canyon. And he was just going, what, what's up with that place? That, that name is just just kind of knocking me out, you know? And, and that same day we, we wrote that. Um, it's not about that place. It's just a nice, it's a nice title. So one, when we hit that song, it was like everything that we'd worked on so far needed to be elevated. From that, we began to derive in my mind, a kind of a, a like, I want to say it's a real place, but it's a fictional place, but a fictional place where a story could kind of track through and there could be pivot points. But I also sort of gave myself this rule that, that none of the songs would explain the story, that, that you would just get the emotional pivot points, not sort of arc, plot, arc, plot, arc, plot. I'm not gonna talk about the characters. I'm not gonna talk about you know what happened, but I am gonna talk about how I feel playing the parts in a way. And so it's, it's sort of like we, we left it as this sort of linked vignettes when the emotions are in the songs and they are related by this place, but 
the explanation isn't necessary. Like I'm, I'm very, I'm very clear on the fact that when you're writing pop music and I love pop music, I don't, I don't want to get out of pop music. Uh, I like to be true to the, like, you know, you have four minutes, you have five minutes on a good day mm-hmm. and you, you can't rely on a bunch of notes about like, here's what it's about. And, and you've got to listen to it with this other song for it to make sense. It's like, no, you, you can't, yeah. you can't live that way as a songwriter. You, everything has to stand alone in my mind. So, um, yeah, but that's, that's what that, that, the album, maybe the, the texture that you're talking about, at least lyrically comes from that. And then I would say sonically, it's kind of a limited album. I feel like it's, it's a, um, and that isn't to say it doesn't have energy or that it doesn't sound good. It's to say that the palette is somewhat set. And then I tried to get diversity in the lyrics and the images and in the different energies of the vocal interpretation, rather than kind of going like, okay, wipe the slate clean. You get all new instruments on this song and all new instruments on the next. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the instrumentation is a little bit narrow and I, and I you know, by, by design. Uh, let's start with Paper Angel. And that's, I feel like I'm taking a test, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. cool. Yeah. So, I mean, fun. how did this one come together? I mean, to me, this is, has a real new order vibe to it. You mentioned earlier about them and, but again, it's not like a derivative. It's just derivative of it. Like I think every, every, to me, all music is derivative of something. And so yeah, completely original anywhere, but so how did, how did this one come together for you, for the both of you? Yeah. Paper Angel. So as a, as a writing approach, that one goes back about 20 years. It's the oldest song on the record. It was written on a four track, actually two four tracks. So if you're familiar with the Porta studio and uh, you take a cassette, you run it all in one direction, you get four tracks, right? So Sham actually wrote it a first version into a four track. And I think it had something like guitar, guitar, drums, voice. And I stuck it in my four track, deleted his voice and sang over it. And then we kind of sent it back and forth. And then Eventually, actually, I, I pulled it into a project I was doing at that point and made sort of an acoustic version of it. And then that was the last we heard of it, you know, 15 years ago or something like that. But that was the first song that the whole group played together when Sean moved back to California in about 2015. Okay. Yeah, but when, when we hit this sort of more glammed up, electronified, if that's a word, uh, version of it, you know, that really sparked a new vocal approach. The vocal approach is, I almost think of it as like carnival barker. Like I have vibrato now in my old age. So like I'm playing a little more with a vibrato, which either I didn't want or didn't have, but now I have it. So I've decided I'll work with it. Yeah. And uh, so there's a little more kind of drama in the way I think that I'm, I'm sort of trying to pull you in as the, as the listener.
But in in the album, um, there is actually kind of a character, Paper Angel, and in the name, there is there's the meaning of something very powerful that might not be real, something very powerful that might be, or, or I should say, something good or benevolent that's weak. And so that the, the paper angel concept is supposed to introduce that. We also sort of thought of her in this story as being like a superhero, an unreliable superhero. And uh, so it's, it's sort of pleading and, 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 you know, calling for her and also sort of saying, maybe I can do without, maybe I don't need this. calling for me all that I want is to pour you to pieces again paper angel paper angel 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 paper angel so I, I it, it's a funny thing. I think limits were one of the big themes in the in the process. That I, I I mean, you have to be economic with words, but also I think that can create an urge to start over every time. And there's so much power in working from a foundation or like almost a fixed set. I mean, something something I I remind myself of is you know, a, a, a brand new artist takes all 64 crayons out and just gives them equal weight. But like a masterful artist can work often in, you know, they, they might work in, in six types of red and a black and a gray, but they can, they can take you, you know, quantum distances with a few colors and, and the limits are actually really, really good because it forces more craft yeah. rather, rather than sort of allowing for just cycling as the way of giving diversity or, or depth. It, the craft then has to kick in if, if you're not just moving between different, um, almost like different outfits or like different, I think of cards and outfits yeah. a lot when I think about writing. So when you, when you arrange or you, or you in, put the instrumentation together, that's like the outfit. And then the, the cards are almost like the, the chunks of sound or words that you're working with. So moving on, because I think we could probably talk Maui songs for a long time. And American Canyon, which is the name of the album. It's also the song. And this one has a bit of a darker, heavier vibe. I kind of hear you're talking about 80s bands. I mean, I don't know if you listened to PIL back in the early 80s. I feel like the beginning has that kind of Flowers of Romance, a bit of vibe to it. 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, never know what he's up to in the studio kind of thing, but. But then it does kind of feel like it gets a bit more modern in the, the chorus and some of the more like Trent Reznor-ish type of yeah. stuff in the 90s. So that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're hot on our trail, man, or hot on our trail. That's, yeah. that's, that's, where, that's where it went. Yeah, for sure. So how does that happen? <laughs> yeah, that, that was the song that, that just emerged kind of all at once. It was, it really was, uh, you know, sitting down with the sort of long the, the set of lyrics from all in my head you know some that didn't make the cut but we, we wrote that in about 30 minutes i mean it just it just yeah. popped like right out and it sounded like that we wrote that very modal almost kind of a blues droney chord it's, it's sort of almost stuck in a chord it just sort of keeps cycling on that chord and we had not the bass pops, but we had that bass, sort of that bass rumble. And then we had the two sections of me singing, the, the one where I'm a little bit more uh, drony, talky. When captors kiss the shattered lips. And then the one where I'm really just emoting, it's sort of explosive and, and defiant. I mean, I think, I think that the, the, for me, the, the touchstone for that song is, I mean, I, I'm, I'm often sort of into these literary devices or, or the, or these sort of mythical or, or even mythological things, right? So like Pyrrhic victory, right? Is an important concept right. in, in, well, I don't know, culture or, or, or what should we say? Culture, literature. Um, and I almost see it as, as the opposite. So it, it's, it's as though you're being defeated and it, and it cleanses you or it burns off, leaving behind some heightened state. And I think ultimately the, the thing we want to leave you with is this idea of, or even an image of the architecture falling around. So like sort of metal and stone and infrastructure are, are blown to smithereens and maybe the flesh and bone blast through it and rise up and survive. And, uh, and so it's, it, it is, 
you know, somehow it's both about being intoxicated by, by uh, violence and studying the psychology or the collective psychology of war and it's inspirational, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, can, can we get those jobs all done in that song? Kinda, you know, they're yeah. all in there. And that's the thing is, you know, you just got to keep working because you get lucky. I think, I think that's it. And you don't get lucky when you're not working. Okay. So, so yeah, this one, yeah. I, I don't want to say that we like said, okay, it's going to have Led Zeppelin drums and we're going to be in the key of G minor. And we're going to, you know, we're going to kind of drone and then we're going to bring in the arpeggios and I'm going to start shouting and it's going to, and it's going to sound, you know, it's going to sound the way we want it to. So we were just doinking around, you know, just sort of, I'm playing a, a G over and over. He's playing something on the drum kit and I'm just sort of humming along. You're just chasing the, you're chasing what's good. And sometimes the good doesn't come and sometimes the good comes. So. Yeah. Well, it worked for this one. <laughs> and the next into a light field. I mean, I, I think the, the whole album is, it works, but I, we can only talk about four of them. Otherwise we'd be here for four hours. Yeah. Um, so light field, it's very, like, again, you know, this you know, the last song we're talking about is very different from the, the her song, and this one is this one. I mean, you were talking about pop songs earlier. This kind of is a pop song in a sense. Yeah, Lightfield and very you know, more upbeat. It sounds like again, kind of going back up to the first song, you are trying to again to keep someone up, and I kind of hear that throughout. Like we're, we need to get through this, and I know it, this is probably pre-pandemic too, I imagine, but it seems appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And, and in fact, it was, we put that song out as kind of a test balloon. And I would say it, it felt sort of compatible with COVID because it has, it has sort of that, you know, sickness and worry theme that's written into it, but that was already written into it um, before COVID, but it, it gave us just that little bit more courage to say, yeah, this, this could be the one to, to test the waters and, and, and see who's still out there on social media and um, you know what happens if the Jenny thing puts out a, a song after you know 20 years of totally not putting out songs And the other reason we picked that one actually was uh, besides the fact that it just sort of 
had come together and we felt like it was a complete standalone statement that it's very guitar based. It's far yeah. more guitar based than anything else on the record. You know, you actually have two guitars going at the same time. I think it has the only strumming that you'll ever hear on the record. Uh, all the rest of the guitars on the album are kind of purposely very small. They're like kind of miniature sounding. That has that strumming quality that that brings to mind a little bit of like the Smiths or the Cure. Mm-hmm. It feels a little more set, you know, in that kind of, you know, the, the, the Celtic folk song background of, of a little more, you know, UK post-punk kind of stuff. And, and Sham does is really beautiful, especially on the outro on that one. You hear those arpeggios as like chiming, cascading yeah. electric guitar pieces. And that's very like old Jenny thing to me. Like that, that sounds like our, our second and third record very much. And you don't hear it on this record very much at all. So it's, you know, I think it also wor- works as a little bit of a, of a, just a lightening up in a way. get air from acoustic guitars you know um both the sound of the tone but also the sound of the decay of the guitar and the acoustics of the room and so i think i think that song has a warmth and a kind of inviting quality to it that's yeah. specific on the album i like how i like the bridge on I and mean, to me the song the structure of the song is pretty unique and but the way the bridge kind of goes right into the last chorus and the last verse and then that the lyrics are pretty strong too on the can't hope another day i'll take grief's freedom you're kind of setting us up for a better future i feel like and uh, yeah. the way that just i, I can't describe it because I'm, I'm not a writer <laughs> i tried to be but just i just love how that transitions from that bridge into that last verse it's just very effortless Yeah, yeah, a couple of things about that. I I think that the um I think the bridge writing the bridge which we, which we did last was kind of critical to make the whole thing glue together. And the thing about that um I'm also like singing in harmony with myself in this kind of old-fashioned way. I sort of feel like, you know, in that bridge there's this point where it says the lemon trees outside sterile winter at our will to survive and it's supposed to actually be 
nature is writing a haiku about humanity and almost looking down on us, you know, or looking down on us lovingly, but down. So the, the idea that the trees are actually memorializing us yeah. and observing us and writing about us. So, so it was sort of this like writing about fictional trees writing about us. <laughs> and so when I say I'll take grief's freedom, it's like, I, I just want, I just want closure. I just want certainty. Yeah. Even if it's the worst case scenario. Yeah. It's a, and, and that's freedom. It's yeah. a different kind of freedom. And, and uh, yeah. So last song, I do appreciate your time tonight, Matt. It, uh, this is the song waiting for the knife, which you said was the one that was written post or during the pandemic. So I'm always fascinated by how that affect, how the last year change affected people's writing style and even the ability to write together. Right. So, and this one has a very, a, again, an atmospheric tone, which is very much a hallmark of, I think this album in particular, but just how did you, how did you do that in this particular setting that we're all in and getting getting ready to get out of, but just still yeah. kind of trudging along? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say from the way it was made was very pandemic-y <laughs> in that, it's probably 95% me playing on it, but also with a lot of drawing on the other sounds on the other seven songs very purposely. So for instance, I don't play a lot of guitar in the record, but I am playing the same guitar through the same core setup that Sham is playing on a lot of the record. And then I'm also using a lot of my favorite, sort of my favorite instruments, almost like my guilty pleasure instruments See so here, like a weird omnichord, which is this harp-like, sort of this like synth harp thing that you actually stroke. It has like a little metal plate, and it brings in this sort of ringing, chiming sound. Very good for making a song uh, that's again about an angel. This song's another song about an angel. The way it was actually made and, and what relates to COVID is I'm on it. Shams coaching me from a distance in terms of, you know, edit this. At one point he said, this is going to be a Peter Gabriel song. So you don't get to use any rolling toms, no rolling tom fills. And so we deleted the rolling tom fills and that was a good, good call. So that was Sean producing distance wise. And then um, I had Mike come over and we sat in the backyard and I, I, played him the demo and, and we made some notes about what kind of parts we needed on the drums. And then we went downstairs and we're masked and opened the windows, close mic, all the drums. And he gave me about probably 15 minutes of drumming and he got up and left. And I just wow. took what I needed from that. And um, he's in there in little ways throughout, but especially you hear this nice airy open woody side stick on the, on the highest heights of the song. It's kind of, and it gives it sort of that lift. 
through the night If I could only I'll give away the breath of angels Just make it through the night And I will take the night And leave behind the wings of angels And when you're Writing this, did you have this in mind? Like, this is going to be the closer? I mean, does, does do songs come to you like that? Because yeah. yeah, very much. I mean, th this song more than any was was quote unquote written to order, and and it was almost like you know I was working for myself. And what I what I felt like was I need eight songs because I really want this to feel. Um, I want it to be concise, but I want it to also feel like a full album. That was the first impetus. And then the second one was, you know, I want this album to be a tragedy. So we need a, we need a song that actually brings the violence that's uh, talked about. It needs to bring it full circle. And I mean, you know, to be glib about it, I mean, I'm like, you know, you put in the knives and the guns and the spears and the tongues of steel and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, someone's going to get it. You know, yeah. it, it, you know, we, we've got to actually have that brought to fruition to make good on what we've already done. And, and I felt so, once I knew I had to do that and I, or I decided I would, uh, I was super energized. It was like, this, this is clearly what I need to do. And then I, I actually wrote that song faster than any, I should say, I wrote that song and recorded it and sent it out to mix all within about 30 days, maybe wow. 28 days. And I've never had a song so surely go from I have, you know, one chord and one word to, we are going to ship it like this yeah. in so, so short of a time. And I also was completely confident throughout. And I think it was because one, I happened upon just a, a mood and a harmonic structure that could do that kind of slow boil interior introverted thing. And then it could do that big soaring. I think of that as like a Broadway moment. Actually, there are two kinds of Broadway moments, right? I think of the kind of coda of that song is the almost talking singing. Mm -hmm. And it kind of comes down, down, down. And it almost feels like there's nothing left, but I, almost like I'm just talking to you. And it says, um, it says, I feel you now. I think it says, I see the sky and I see the earth and I touch the ground. And that's the end. That's the last thing yeah. the character says. And then it re-expands and it sounds sort of like Jesus Christ Superstar or something, you know? <laughs> It, 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 it sort of has this really victorious feeling, even though it's got this like 
sort of punch out at the end, right? It's like, I'm gone. And the light has gone out and then the light comes back on and then it, it soars again. And I think those arcs are supposed to resonate very much with the American Canyon song and album that it's, it's got this like defeat and triumph are not opposites, yeah. you know? And, and, and so that song, that song gets that done. I think I just had so much, so much work had already been done to build the, the foundation that it sort of felt easy, strangely. I don't know if I could do it again. Yeah. I'll just say that it was, it felt lucky and the sensation was sort of easy on waiting for the knife. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's tonight for me, but this afternoon for you, Matt. Um, as we are wrapping up, things are looking better. Where do you? What expectations do you have for the summer and for the first near future? For getting out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, full about everything. I mean, I'd like. I just like to go to the movies or something like that. <laughs> at this point, that's going to be like a big thrill, you know. But um, yeah, for the, we're actually working on doing a a two-man style of performance that's very chronic based. Um, for instance, like Shams got a lot of him playing guitar put into a computer and then performed back out with a pad. So we're, we're doing weird stuff like that. Um, I'm still playing a real piano when we do that. And we're, we're working on making that dual compatible. That is that we could do it in a room with you, but that we could also live stream it to you. Other than that, I mean, yeah, it's like kind of climbing out of uh, climbing out of our underground holes and yeah. you know, seeing what's out there again. And yeah. yeah. And uh, so what's the best way for folks to find out about you, get more, keep up with you on social media and uh, find you, find your music online. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're, we're active on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube has some nice stuff. We have a, we actually have a really cool video for American Canyon. That's going to come out right before the album comes out would love for people to check that out. It's really dramatic and I think inspiring. And then um, the jennything.com is our home online and we hope you'll visit us there and, and uh, check things out. All right, cool. Well, thanks again for your time tonight, Matt. I greatly appreciate it. Rob, really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great to meet you and to get to hang out. So big thanks to Matt Easton of The Jenny Thing for joining me here for four songs. Check them out, thejennything.com, or you can find them on social media. Just do a search for Jenny Thing, and you'll find them where you can. I got another interview coming up in a few weeks. It's going to be fantastic, one of those bucket list things. And after that, I don't know what to tell you. So it's going to be a little bit as I kind of rethink how this whole thing works. So anyway, I hope you are enjoying your summer, and stay tuned for more. Talk to you later.